Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mind Your Business Radio, your business education station, your business, your family, your, your life. life. All right. <laughs> it's, it's Dr. Seiler and Attorney Althea Bar-Johnson. Hi, Althea. Hi there. Hi, Dr. Seiler. It's a great morning, isn't it? It is. And you know what, Althea, I am so happy for this show because a lot of clients ask me questions and, of course, I give them your phone number because I, I have no that. idea <laughs> about all this legal stuff. Today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking about what happens when a person dies without a will. Do I need a trust? And so today we have attorney Althea DeBar Johnson, who will be answering all of your legal questions about wills, trust, probate, all those types of things. So I I need you to listen in, and at the second segment of the show, we will be taking your calls. Let me give you a little little bit about Attorney Althea DeBar Johnson. Uh, Althea is based in Atlanta. She's an attorney and counselor in private practice at the law offices of Althea DeBar Johnson. Her firm specializes in wealth protection, integrated estate planning, asset protection, personal injury, and disability in business law. You can actually contact Althea DeBar Johnson, and we'll be giving you this information all throughout the program. Her website is www.adjpclaw.com. That's adjpclaw.com. And so if you need to contact Attorney Althea Johnson, um, after this program because you realize uh, that you don't have your estate in order, uh, please give her, you know, contact her, go to her website uh, and set up an appointment to discuss it further. But we will be taking calls at the second segment of this show. So, Althea, you ready? I'm ready, Dr. Flo. <laughs> I am ready. All right. So, Althea, I want to know, do I really need a will? Well, yes, Dr. Flo. Not only do you need a will, most everyone needs a will. And there is importance to having a will. Um, basically, a will is a document where individuals outline what they want to see happen at the time of their death. So it kind of gives the family... Uh, and others, the, the court, an outline as to what you want to see happen to your um, assets. Um, if you have minor children, who do you want them to be with, such as a guardian or a trustee, um, to that effect. So a will does not take effect until someone passes away. Mm, but mm-hmm. you you are the person who in control. You have a say-so. Um, basically, technically, from the grade, as to what you want to see, what happens with your assets. Okay, so so, so um, there was a um, basically, in, if you look at the census 
of the census of the U.S. government, it says the average household has high debt. The loss or incapacitation of a loved one is tremendously burdensome when nothing is in place. And so 69% of the U.S. households have some form of debt. Um, and so at the time, at the same time, uh, the debt has increased. And so what happens to certain types of debt when your loved one dies? Does, does all the debt die with them or is there some debt that you just got to deal with, Althea? <laughs> <laughs> no, debt do not die with the decedent. Um, you have to manage and handle those debts or creditors after the decedent dies. And having a, a will in place kind of help give some guidance as to what debt may need to be handled and what may not need to be handled. And, and that's just part of the probate process. So no, debt does not die with the decedent. But it's how you able to manage that that debt mm-hmm. and how are you able to have the authority to talk to the creditors mm-hmm. after a person has died. What you normally do, uh, whoever's named as the executor or executor of, of the estate, you just kind of step in that person's shoes mm-hmm. to manage and close out their affairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you something. There's a lot of... A different. Um, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, uh, Attorney Althea, I don't have any children. So why do I need a will if I don't have any children? Okay. What What happens? What happens to my assets uh, if I die and I have no heirs? I have no will. What happens to my assets then? Well, I, I tell people, and that's a question I get a lot of, um, you have single uh, individuals who will come to me and they'll say, well, I don't have any children, I don't really have any assets. But we have, most of us have something that we want to pass on to maybe not our, our children, but some of our relatives or friends. Uh, some of us have um, sentimental um uh, personal items that we want to pass on. Um, a lot of us still have some debts that you still have and need to be taken care of. So whether or not you have a will or not, someone has to step into your place mm-hmm. to manage those affairs. Because we have something. We may have a car. We may have um, expensive paintings. We have uh, retirement plans or, or mm-hmm. uh, um, 401ks or investments right. Right. that needs at to be At least we have out. a car, right? Some at of least us. we have a car. <laughs> uh, okay. And I, I, I think the tragedy is, is that when we don't have an outline and some of us may die without any real relatives, then, then the assets go to that particular state. Mm. And I've seen that happen. Whatever is left in the estate goes to, goes to the state it's mm-hmm. the last resort. And I just suggest to people that maybe you want to give it to a charity. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to give it to your church. Maybe you want to give it to your favorite college. Yeah. That's a way of passing on a legacy and an endowment to the, to um, these uh, types of organizations and institutions. Well, that's interesting because uh, one of the shows that we're going to have, uh, hopefully in the month of August, we'll be talking about um, HBCUs and passing on a legacy to HBCUs and why 
you know, we as as minorities don't pass on legacies more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we when we get to that show, uh, uh, Attorney Althea DeBar Johnson is going to give us some suggestions about you know how to do that. So we're going to uh, take a short break right now, and we'll be right back. Uh, so stay tuned because we're going to be talking about some other things dealing with the will. We're going to be talking about a trust. We're also going to be talk- talking about a, a living will and guardianships and things like that. So stay tuned and uh, don't leave us. We'll be right back. BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. We can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? We also offer wash and fold laundry service, and we work hard to make sure that our customers know that their satisfaction is our main priority. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find us by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. We currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio, your business education station, your business, your family, your life. We're here with attorney Althea DeBar-Johnson. Uh, Althea is an estate and probate attorney, and she is answering our questions about do we need a will. Now, the other thing I was, that interests me, uh, Attorney DeBar Johnson, is the fact that a lot of times we have these blended families, and I know you deal with that quite a bit, right? Yes. And so um, what happens in Georgia? I mean, there's a certain, I guess, a certain process. If you die without a will, there's a certain process that Georgia follows, whether you're a blended family, not a blended family, whatever. So it, this kind of goes husband, wife, or wife, husband, and then something else. What happens? Yes, yes. Uh, that's part of um, that misconception that people have that if you don't have a will, if you don't make out a will, then you don't have a will. And that's not true because <laughs> the state of Georgia, especially in most states, mm-hmm. they have a will for you. It may not be what you want to see happen. Okay. So... It's intestate succession. That's just the legal term for it, um, where they outline who receives what when you don't have a will. Okay, so, so, the, so the state does it for you. Oh, they they do it for you. Oh, okay. Yes, and and they included themselves in in that process. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So they get a little piece too. They they may get a little piece if you don't outline anything or you don't tell 
people what you want to see happen. Okay. Uh, and generally, if you, you're married and you marry with children, if there's no will, then your surviving spouse plus the children um, have an interest in the decedent's, uh, deceased one's estate. Um, if you die, if you have a, a spouse and it's just you, then you, you get it. Get it all. The mm-hmm. spouse does. Mm-hmm. But if you're single and you don't have any children, then in Georgia, the next in line would be the parents, if they're okay. alive. If not the parents, if they're alive, then siblings, I if see. you have siblings. If not, then the grandparents. Okay. If not, after that is the uh, aunts and uncles. Okay. So it has a, a, a succession. So so when you, that, that alarms me because when you say siblings, does it just go oldest to youngest? Even if the even if the oldest is is uh, maybe not as responsible, <laughs> it just kind of goes oldest to youngest. Or do, does the court make any decision about whether you're capable of handling those assets or not? No, no. It, it's about who will um, inherit or who will receive from your estate, uh-huh. not who will manage your estate. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. The judge doesn't make any determination about whether you're mature or not. No, it doesn't make any kind of <laughs> determination as to that. So if crazy, you were in crazy, that line. Crazy cousin, crazy cousin can get your stuff or or that bad brother can just wind up with all your your assets. Possibly. possibly. Yes, okay. absolutely. That's yes. interesting. Uh-huh. Hmm. A little scary. A little scary, but that's why there is important to have a will. Okay. So you can outline where you want your assets, mm-hmm. the very things that you work so hard for, to go to. Okay. You make that decision. Now, one of the things that's so interesting talking to you, um, attorney, is I know that there's a lot of times when I call you and say, let's have lunch. You're like, can't have lunch today. I'm in court. And so a lot of times... <laughs> You are actually asked to come to court to act as a probate attorney. Tell me, what what is your responsibility when you go to court? What what is the court requiring you to do? Because you're called to court when families don't have wills, right? Well, it's 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 kind of a little different. I I serve as one of the court appointed attorneys for um, alleged incapacitated adults. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a little bit different than if a client come to me and they want to um, uh, object to the filing of a will or they uh-huh. want to object to somebody becoming the administrator of the estate. Uh-huh. So I represent a lot of uh, incapacitated adults, and that, that deals with guardianships and conserv- conservatorships. Okay, because we're going to talk about that too. So let's see. If you are representing a client who has contested a will. What is that about? I mean, so you're telling me if I do a will that it can actually be contested? Absolutely. And what's that process like? Uh, uh, it's very good for the lawyers involved. That's for sure. <laughs> well, there's nothing foolproof in life. Yes. Okay, and I, I explain to my clients, you're still going to have people Sure, the moon is not blue, but you can't convince them that the moon is not blue. Right. And so you're going to have some folks who are going to make contest the will. And they may have a a perfectly sound reason for that because Mm -hmm. maybe the will that's being filed 
now, that person may have had Alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. and didn't have the mental capacity to file absolutely to okay. do a will. And so no one would know that unless you object and let that not be known at the at the probate court. Mm-hmm. So there is a determination as who might be the best person to serve. As the personal representative or executor of that that estate, um, that is litigation for the most part. But here in Georgia, they try to get folks to, to go to mediation to see if they can resolve these cases before it comes to court. And I think mediation is an excellent tool tool for families to come together, talk about what's going on, and maybe try to resolve it. Now, Althea, you know. I happen to be one of your clients as well. Yes. Because even though I'm Dr. Silo, I thought I could do my own will, right? So <laughs> I just run over to Office Depot, <laughs> give me a little packet, and do my will. What is wrong with that, Althea? Now, I know the answer to this because you gave me 30 lashes when you saw that little, little homemade will. <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong with what's wrong with that? Uh, well, again, when you came in and we had our little consultation, <laughs> Dr. Flo, you realized that you had some other things to consider. Yes. There was some family dy- dynamics yes. that was going on that you did not consider when you decided to fill in the blanks to the office depot will. <laughs> and that's what we try to do. We try to con- not only talk about the fact that, yes, you do need a will, but what are some of the family dynamics going on? Because you may have an adult incapacitated child that Mm -hmm. you would take care of, Mm -hmm. okay? You may have minor children that you want Mm -hmm. to take care of in a different way. You may have some other issues, Mm -hmm. family issues, or you might want to Name this person or individual a, the executor of your estate, and you know good and darn well that this person don't handle affairs, business affairs correctly. Right. So we need to talk about that. And, you know, the other thing that, that I thought about, too, is that when I, after the consultation with you, I realized that one size doesn't fit all. And what happens, right, when you go to Office Depot, they try to generalize it. And, you know, you have, like you just talked about, everybody has their specific situation. And so an Office Depot will cannot be necessarily um, geared towards your specific situation, right? Absolutely. And so that's why you need to have the consultation of attorney. The other thing I think that, that came out, and you can speak to this attorney, is, you know, I had created a will when I lived in Florida, Right. And now I'm living in Georgia. So now we got some different state dynamics going on, different state rules, different state laws. Can you speak to that a little bit about the different different requirements of the state? There's some basic things that uh, each state requires, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're doing will or trust or a guardianship or a conservatorship. But, yes, um, there are some different requirements and procedures in Georgia that you must follow that different from Pennsylvania, um, Florida, California. And only you know, a state planning attorney can help you with that because they know what the law is yes. for their particular, particular state. And again, when you are dealing with issues where 
the dynamics, your family dynamics, and your wishes may be slightly different by one fact from another family. Right. I've had uh, couples to come in, married couples to come in, and I always, I talk to them together, but I always talk to them separately. Okay. And you'll be surprised and amazed that they have separate ideas as to what is going on and what they want to see happen. Wow. That is very, very interesting. I tell you, before we leave this topic of wills, we're going to talk about trust later, but we have a caller. We actually have a caller on the line, so we're going to we're going to see if we can take this caller. One second. Uh Jay, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, hold on one second, Jay. We're going to uh, tune you into uh, uh, attorney so you can speak to her directly. Thank you. Good morning. I'm telephoning from Atlanta. All right. And your question? Uh, well, thank you for taking my call. I want to ask a question. I'm sure a lot of people are finding themselves in this situation now. I have an aged father who has been diagnosed with dementia and early stages of Alzheimer's, and I found in uh, trying to assist him that his bills were grossly behind, and other people mm-hmm. were signing his checks, and they were using church and uh, uh, different mechanisms for getting his money away from him. So mm-hmm. I just want generally to know what what should you do when you find that people are financially uh, abusing your your relative uh, are there documents or things that you should do to get some type of control over their finances and actually over uh, their daily living taking care of their daily living absolutely Jay that's an excellent question um, I would suggest for you is that you seek guardianship over your father and conservatorship. Now, guardianship handles a person's health, um, where they may be able to live, their environment, they take care of their daily needs. So it's about the person's health and their and their welfare, and you have control over that person's. Um, um, health issues, being able to talk to the doctors, help with their, his treatment, and and those types of matters. Um, the conservatorship deals with their finances, so that will give you control over his finances to to manage the funds to stop the theft or the mismanagement of his money, and you would go to the probate court to ask that the court appoint you as the guardian of your father because he needs assistance or, and or, I'm sorry, conservatorship. So I think that will be your step. He may have passed the stage where he can do a financial power of attorney or a health care director because you have to have the um, contractual uh, on this capacity to do that. Wow, that's interesting. Jay, did that yes. answer your question? Uh, yes, and I can get in touch with uh, the attorney that's on the line through 
through her telephone number or through you or what? Absolutely. Yes. Go ahead, uh, Attorney Attorney Johnson. You, you, you can get in contact with me by calling 404-584-5555. And my website is, is www.adjpclaw.com. Awesome. I think I, I, I got off all of that. Okay. Thank so you, much. Jay. Good luck to you. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So, so uh, attorney, all right, attorney Johnson, um, one of the things I wanted you to talk about since, since Jay brought it up is what's the difference between power of attorney and guardianship? Okay. So there's a financial power of attorney. And a financial power of attorney is where you name an agent to assist you with your business matter in the in the event that you become um, possibly incapacitated and need someone to assist you in your daily management of your affairs. So a financial power of attorney gives your agent, whoever you select, the authority to talk to the bank. Um, talk to your insurance companies, just to handle whatever business affairs that, that you normally would handle, but you cannot handle, you have that authority to do so. That's the financial power of attorney. Okay. A guardianship or a health care directive uh, deals with your medical issues, being able to have a discussion with your um, health care um, professionals to get whatever um, uh, information medically you need to make some decisions about your treatment or where you need to uh, go uh, after uh, leaving the hospital. Okay. So it gives you the authority to uh, act on that person's behalf if, again, you become incapacitated and you need someone to make those types of decisions. That is outside of the probate process. When you don't have a financial power attorney in place, when you don't have a health care directive in place, it's just like with uh, Jay's question. Now that individual cannot make those kinds of contractual uh, um, uh, decisions because they don't have that capacity. And now you have to go and ask permission from the court to be, to be that person's agent. Okay. Thank you, attorney. We have another caller before we take another break. Alice is on the line. Um, Alice, you're on the line. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. How are you, Dr. Slow, Attorney Johnson? Good morning, Alice. How are you? Doing fine. I have a question for Attorney Johnson. Um, All right. My uh, ex-husband died, and his third wife, he inherited everything. Is there any way for the children... Um, to contest that will. Okay. You're saying that he had, or he has a will. Yes. All right. And in his will, he left his third wife everything? Yes. And now you, you think the children want to contest the will? Yes. Why so? Because um, his written his will before had them in it, and it didn't look like his signature. Um, mm-hmm. So 
there's just a question as to whether or not there was another will. That will was made up two months before he died because he had cancer. So would it do any good to file a petition? Well, did he have the mental capacity to do a will two months before he passed away? Because um, if you're challenging his capacity or right. if you're challenging some type of undue influence uh-huh. or that maybe he wasn't uh, uh, capable of executing a will, that's a little different. So you might want to challenge that. Okay. But if he had the capacity to to do a will, mm-hmm. even if it's two months before he passed away, and these are his intentions, and it's a valid will that was executed validly, you may have a problem trying to challenge that. Because he could make a will and leave whatever he, his assets to whomever he wants. Mm. And it will invalidate this previous wills. Mm. Okay. The last one will will. I see. So, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't look into it. But just understand that if there's not anything that's questionable, you may not have a leg to stand on. Stand oh. on. All right. Thank you. You well. Thank you, Alice. Thank I'm sorry. you very much. Yeah. You know, these are the types of things we deal with, guys. This is this is this is why we're here. It's time to take a short break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Attorney Althea DeBar Johnson. This is Mind Your Business Radio. radio. Your radio education station. <laughs> You don't have to wait until it's too late. Yes, we're talking about estate planning. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson invites you to a free webinar on Friday, July 31st, where she will dispel many of the myths and misconceptions about estate planning. Attorney Johnson is on a mission to change mindsets by teaching people that estate planning is not something you should start thinking about when you reach middle age. Estate planning is something you should start thinking about before your 18th birthday. And estate planning is not about the business of dying, it's about the business of living. Join Attorney Johnson's free webinar on Friday, July 31st to learn just how easy it is to implement a plan that protects your choices, your assets, and your loved ones. For details, call 404-584-5555 or visit their website or visit their website at www.adjpclaw.com. That's ADJPCLaw.com, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson. Converting challenges into solutions with honesty, integrity, and professionalism since 1977. And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking to attorney Althea DeBar Johnson, who is a counselor in private practice here in Atlanta. Um, She does estate planning and asset protection um, and wealth protection. Althea, 
Welcome back. Thank you. She is also my co-host here at Mind Your Business Radio and will be with me every single Tuesday. Every single Tuesday. <laughs> what a blessing. Thank okay, you. Okay, so Althea, I want to know, and I think our listeners want to know, what is a trust? And how is that different from a will? What is a trust? Okay, a trust, again, is a written document where you appoint a trustee to uh, manage your assets. Uh, and in a trust, you have to have a beneficiary. So you have to have a named beneficiary. So the trust must benefit someone. Mm-hmm. And a trust must be funded. Uh, the difference between a will and a trust is that a will doesn't come into effect until someone passes away. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. But with a trust, and there are many types of trust. So depending on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, what's a trust? What trust is good for you? A trust where is where you can transfer all your assets into this into the trust, and the trust manage your uh, assets and uh, business affairs as if you would personally. Now. What I find is that most people think that uh, you would be avoiding taxes by transferring all your assets, but you don't avoid taxes. Oh, I can tell you that. No way. No way. And just like you have certain mechanisms to protect um, your valuables uh, as a uh, as a person, then you have to have that trust has to protect your your assets too. So if you're transferring your home into the the trust. Well, the trust still need to pay for the uh, property insurance, property right. insurance, everything. Uh, let me just interject, guys. When we talk about tax, that's totally different. Right now we're talking about the legal aspects of a, a trust. Uh, a lot of times wealthy uh, clients will use a trust to reduce their taxes. Now, they're not avoiding taxes. They're reducing Using. their taxes by using a trust because the income in the trust might be lower than their personal income and tax at a different rate. So let's, I just want to clarify that. Attorney Johnson here is talking about the, the legal aspects of a trust and why maybe you should have a trust or not have a trust from a legal standpoint. Um, you probably need to check with your CPA uh, um, or you can contact me later <laughs> to discuss the tax aspects of a trust. So uh, okay, so you're saying, I guess what you told me is a tr- trust does not replace a will. A trust don't really replace a will because, again, sometimes you can have a, a, a well-written trust, well-documented trust, and you have actually transferred all your assets into the trust. But sometimes some loose ends uh, come about and you still have to become the executor of someone's estate so that you can deal with the certain issues. Okay. Um, so uh, I suggest that you have a basic will, and even if you have in your will that the the assets from the the, the estate is transferred into a trust, you can can do that. Sometimes most some of my clients they may not have any assets to put in their trust right away. Mm-hmm. But once they pass away, there are certain assets they want to transfer to the trust, and you can do that through a will, and it's called pull over will. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. 
Um, now, one of the things I definitely want to get to before we run out of time is I want to talk about a living will. And a lot of uh, listeners may be confused about the difference between a will and a living will. Yes. So, so Attorney Johnson, what is a living will? All right. A living will is a document. And what you do is you tell individuals that if I become uh, in in a vegetative state Mm -hmm. and there is no hope that I'm going to survive, um, I'm brain dead, I'm just not going to survive, survive, or I'm in a coma and there's no hope for me uh, surviving, then this is what I want to see happen. I either want to die peacefully, um, just, just let me go. Let me die peacefully. Or maybe I want to be maintained. So I want machines or I'm, uh, to maintain me and keep me alive okay. um, in that state. But you have made that decision as to what you want to see happen. I see. So whether you want to be kept alive by some um, artificial means or if you just want to be uh, taken off a of life support, life support. Type, of, type of thing. Wow. Um, that reminds me of the terror. Shivo case. Yes. Out of Florida. A lot of our listeners, if you don't remember, um, Terry had been in a persistent vegetative state for several years. And of course, her parents, because of their religious beliefs, um, wanted her life prolonged. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, her husband had said that, that he had had a conversation with his wife that says that she did not want to be uh, artificially. Um, on life support that she would like to to pass on peacefully. And so a battle ensued about what to do with Terry Schiavo. And now I know that that case brought a lot uh, a living will to light or health care yes. directives and things like that to light. Uh, however, I know personally just some personal cases of that type of thing in sure. my own family and in other families have had to deal with that. Can can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, that Terry Shivo case was uh, a big a big one out of out And she of didn't have a living will, right? And she didn't have a living will. So everybody was um, telling us what Terry would want um, but Terry. And that's because Terry did not uh, have a executed or prepared living will stating what she wanted to see happen if she became into that that type of situation. And I think that families need to or individuals need to make those decisions because it takes the burden off of your family members if something like this happens. Um, it's difficult saying that I want to let my family members go or I want to keep them on, on the machine knowing that their quality of life will never be the, be the same. But to take that, remove that from yes. their family members so that they won't have that guilt. Absolutely. Uh, Especially in blended families. There's a lot of lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt, yes. Okay, I just want to read something very quickly. Um, www.mayoclinic, a lot of you all know mayoclinic.org. Um, they have a little article on living wills and advanced directives for medical decisions. And they basically talk about um, that at a living will is legal instructions giving your preferences for medical care if you are unable to make those directions yourself. And that a living will, well, advanced directives guide choices for doctors and caregivers if you're terminally ill 
seriously injured in a coma or in the late stages of dementia or near end of life. And advanced directives aren't just for older adults. And that's what I think people don't realize is, you know, we want to wait till we're 80 years old and give advanced directives. Well, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. So uh, there's a lot of unexpected end of life situations that can happen at any age. Um, so they say it's important for adults to prepare these documents. Absolutely. And uh, again, a living will is a little bit different than an advanced directive or health care right. directive. Um, in Georgia, there used to be two separate documents, but now there are um, a living will provision is within the um, health care directive oh, documents good. now. Okay. But that, that may not be in every state. Uh-huh. But the living will deals with those issues such as the Terry Shavo uh, matter. What happens, what do you want to see happen if uh, you in a vegetative state, coma, there's no room for survival? But a vast directive basically deals with a situation where uh, I may have a stroke, I may have an aneurysm, I may be in a car accident, mm-hmm. and I need somebody to speak on my behalf. I need somebody to talk to the health care professionals. I need somebody to make decisions as to what my treatment might be or when do I need to be placed after the okay. hospital. So I'm alive. Yes, okay. I, I'm alive. Uh, I just can't make any decisions for myself, and I need someone to step into my shoes to, to do so. Okay. I had a case just yesterday uh, where I represented a 24-year-old individual. She was a professional horse rider, and she had an accident in Florida. She was doing a, um, uh, some work in Florida. Uh, she fell off the horse and the horse stepped on her head. Oh, Lord. And so there was an emergency guardianship set up for her in Florida, but she was transferred here to Atlanta to the Shepherd Center. So, of course, a 24-year-old wouldn't have thought that they needed a health care directive or a financial power attorney. Right. But we ended up in court because her mom needed to be her guardian conservator because there was no documentation in place. And she was 24 years old. Wow, wow. And I get a lot of these young, these cases. So yeah. it's not just the older um, uh, community. It's young people who wow. have issues and need to think about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that I, that I had to learn, uh, and of course I had to learn this unfortunately um, because of the death of someone in my family, is that that, that, that a living will and, like you said, the health care directive is different because I had a health care power of attorney and I thought that that would help, but health care power of attorney actually ceases when the person dies. So power of attorneys are only legal, right, when the person is alive. So whether it's a power of attorney over uh, uh, finances or power of attorney over health care, that is for me to be able to act on behalf behalf of that person act as an agent for that person when they're living living but then the living will says well if you're on life support what to do and then the will says after you you die here's what you want to do so really you need all three yes. and like you said in georgia though the the living will and the and the health care directive which is similar to a power of a, a health care power of attorney right similar yes. similar okay mm-hmm. those are in one document in georgia yes we, okay you have the financial power attorney in georgia you have the uh health care directive and then you have a will those are the three basic documents that i think everyone needs and needs to consider um 
I think what I find kind of disturbing is that most of us say that how much we love our family members and we want to protect them and we want to do those things so that they won't suffer, but we won't make take the necessary mm. steps. Wow. Um, to to make sure that our family is protected and cared for in the event that something may happen. Wow. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, it'll cost you more in the long run than it will by calling attorney Althea DeBar Johnson today, 404-584-5555, which is her uh, uh, phone number to her law office here in Atlanta, Georgia. But it's time for us to take a break, short break, guys. Please stay tuned. We'll be back with more attorney um, Johnson right after this. We're going to be taking a couple of more calls. Uh, this is Mind Your Business Radio, your business education station. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. We can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? We also offer wash and fold laundry service, and we work hard to make sure that our customers know that their satisfaction is our main priority. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find us by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. We currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free, or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. This is Mind Your Business Radio, and we are about to take a caller. Uh, Sarah, are you on the line? Can you hear? I am. I am. Can you hear me? Yes, Sarah. Go ahead with your question for Attorney Johnson. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, ladies. I, I have a question. Um, several months ago, my husband passed away. Uh, we had been married for some time, a little over 20 years. Um, we didn't have any children together, but we had children from previous marriages. And all mm-hmm. of them, um, you know, there's no, no minor kids. Um, so we had a home together that I still live in. And when we bought the house, well, currently the house is still in like both of our names. And I just want to know, I'm interested in maybe refinancing the house. How do I even title the property to my name only? I just don't know what to do. Okay. Well, Sarah, that's an excellent question. In fact, I had somebody to call me last week with a similar issue. Um, did your husband have a will? He did not. He didn't. Okay, so you have a blended family. Um, y'all been married for 20 years, and there's a mortgage. 
yeah. on, on the property and the property is in both of your name. Is that correct? Yes, we still have a mortgage on it on the house and it is in both of our names. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what you're going to need to do is go to the probate court and file to become his administrator of the estate because that's is kind of the only way you can be able to talk to the mortgage companies and his creditors about his um, business issues. Uh, unfortunately, how, how many children does he have from the previous marriage? He had, he had two children. Two children. Yes, ma'am. Well, because he died without a will, that means you and, and his two children have an interest in that property. So I'm those sorry. two adult children, they have an interest in the property. So you're going to have to work out a, a situation where either you're going to have to buy them out of their interest or you're going to have to include them in in that property when you changed uh, the uh, title over so that you can be the uh, sole owner of, of, of that um, house. The only other thing I would suggest to you, you might want to file a petition for year support. And what that does is, you can file this petition and, and say that you are the person you need to maintain the estate um, for at least a year for because uh, of the spouse dying and this maintains the, the uh, marital status or, uh, that you're used to and accustomed to. Now, the adult children have the opportunity to object, but if the court grants it, then the property can go in your name only. But you also have to include his creditors. So that's a different process. Mm. Ooh, I, I, but the children have an interest yeah, in the property. Yes, Sarah, <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel an appointment coming on. <laughs> I, I, you, were, you took the words out of my mouth because I'm still stuck on the fact that we paid this mortgage together and you said his children, and I love his children, but that they have a real interest in the house that we have together. I don't well, um, well, Sarah, let me, let me say something. You know, I, and, and Althea deals with the legal aspects, and I deal with the financial aspects, right? Yeah. So, so understand something. A mortgage has nothing to do with ownership. The mortgage is just the financial responsibility. Who's fine? It's just you. It's just a debt. It's a debt on a house. Um, someone can. It's very common that one person's name is on a mortgage and someone else's name is on the title, the deed. That's oh. very common. Right. So, so, right. so getting the name off the mortgage is a refinancing process. But depending on who is the person the mortgage under. Again, that is problematic. Yes. What I think Sarah really wants to do is have full legal title. Yeah, yeah. And you can't have, have full legal title with these two children right. who have an interest in it. But even though her name's on the mortgage, so she's 100% responsible for the debt? She is 100% responsible <laughs> for the debt. Even though she doesn't have, she doesn't own 100% of the house. Um, well, no. 
hopefully the children generally have a responsibility to pay their proportional share oh, okay. of the mortgage. Okay. But in uh, actuality, that don't work. Yeah, because if it happens, the mortgage companies don't look to Sarah. Yeah, the mortgage companies don't look, look to Sarah. They're not looking to the children. No. No, no, they're not. Mm-mm. No. They're Mm-mm. Okay. And, I, and the mortgage company, knowing mortgage companies, they're going to go after the easiest mm-hmm. and best target. And since your name is on the documents and the paperwork, they're going to talk to but, you. But Sarah, come in let's, and let's talk about it because there's ways to handle and manage that. Okay. I, Sarah, I, the phone number to uh, Attorney Johnson's office is 404-584-5555. Matter of fact, I, I'm glad you guys are calling in from the website uh, um, because to call in, if you want to call, I have another call on the line, but if you want to call in, the number to call in here live is 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. Okay, 888-463-6748. That is the phone number to call if you want to talk live on the air. But right now, I think we have another caller, Karen. Karen, are you on the line? I am. Okay, Karen, you are uh, uh, live on the air with uh, Attorney Johnson. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, ladies. I have a question, if I may. I have a three-year-old daughter, and her father died in a vehicle accident. And she is named the beneficiary of his life insurance policy. Um, the proceeds are over uh, $300,000. And I'm wondering how do I obtain these funds for the benefit Tara, and the care of my minor child? Can you hear me? Okay. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. yes we yes. can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. My, my question is, I have a three-year-old Tara, daughter. Where, where are you calling from? I am calling from Atlanta. Okay. So you have a minor child. Um, the the uh, father passed away. There's a life insurance policy proceeds naming your child, and it's over $300,000. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, in Georgia, anything or any insurance policy over $15,000, then in order for you to obtain those funds, you must become the conservator for your child, which means that you have to go to the probate court and petition the court to become the conservator because the insurance company will not release that funds to you, uh, especially since they're that large amount. Um, your child will will not be able to benefit for those, from those funds until he or she turns 18 and even turn over $300,000 to a child at 18 can be dangerous because, and I will advise you to do something different. But at this rate and at this particular time, you will have to go to the probate court and become your child's conservator and get bonded for that money. Wow. Wow. Could could this have been avoided? Yes. And I think the best way to avoid it was if the beneficiary could have been the trust, uh, a, a trust could have been set up. Yeah. And then the money would have gone to the trust, and then there would have been a name, a name trustee. Right. And she could have been, uh, Karen could have been the trustee or some other adult. Or oh, some other adult that the uh, father uh, was more comfortable with, yes. Okay. 
All right. All right, Karen. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Attorney DeBar Johnson. Thank you, thank you so- very much. This was a great show. I think uh, all of you all listening would agree uh, that some. Sometimes, you know, life and death can be complicated. Yes. So we have to get all of our ducks in a row. Okay? So that's all for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Remember, we're on every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Don't forget to visit our website, www.mindyourbiz, that's B-I-Z, radio.com. If, if you want to comment or connect with us, that's www.mindyourbizradio, B-I-Z, radio.com. Thanks for listening to Mind Your Business. All right. Your business, business education, education station. station. Your business, business your, your family, family, your life. life. <laughs> All right. <laughs>